Hi, everybody. Welcome back. I'm Jacqueline. And it's Alana. Welcome back to another installment of Black and, and Yellow. Yellow. Part two, we are doing the uh, follow-up slash uh, continuation of our sexual assault in Hollywood episode. Uh, last episode, we spoke a lot about Harvey Weinstein and... The many accusers uh, that he has had come forward, and I think for this episode we're gonna we're gonna leave old Harvey to the side, and we're really gonna to dive into some facts and statistics about how sexual abuse really plays out in Black and Asian culture, specifically away from whatever Hollywood has going on. Yes, um, I'm gonna go ahead and talk about a talk about a more general statistic. Uh, And then we're going to dive into a little bit more of a specificity after that. But according to Mochimag, 1.3 million women and 835,000 men are abused by an intimate partner annually in the United States. And while we can't pinpoint a percentage of how many of those victims are Asian American, one survey does show that 32% of the 178 participants have experienced physical or sexual abuse in at le- or at least occasionally in the last 12 months. Out of the 23 women who said they did not experience intimate partner violence, more than half did, 64%, said they know of an Asian friend who had experienced violence. That's and to me, insane. All right, that was a long quote, but... Or the long statistic, I'll let you guys take that in. But the end here says they know of an Asian friend who had experienced violence. Yeah. And to me, that's kind of a red flag because that means that their friend who is Asian isn't speaking up about it Mm -hmm. and isn't being part of any of these facts or these statistics. And that there in of itself well, I think the Asian, issue. wouldn't it be, is it that the Asian friend isn't speaking up or that they're just not speaking up to the right people? A little bit of both. Do I you believe. know what I mean? Yes. I think they're not speaking up in general and they're not speaking up. And if the ones who are speaking up aren't speaking up to the right people. Right. And so, uh, and, and it frequently involves someone the victim knows, especially in the Asian American community. So we are the most ethnic group to be sexually abused by a male relative. Yeah. Let's take that. Let me repeat that. Asian Americans are the most ethnic group to be sexually abused by a male relative, including the father. That's insane. Approximately 60% of Asian Americans victims are abused by a male relative. It's like, who can you trust? You can't even trust your own blood. Right. You know what I mean? And a lot. I'm not. And, and I'm sure. I'm not saying, I'm not sure, but I've seen this as sort of like a movie in my head. But most of the times, the matriarch in the family or the grandmother or the mother would stand by and wouldn't say much with this is the case. And do you think that capitulation comes from, do you think that's a learned capitulation? yes. Oh, okay. Yeah. Or like a survival instinct Mm -hmm. capitulation. For sure, 100%. Because how they can't speak up they rely on the men right and if they didn't have the men they would probably wouldn't have a roof over their heads right or food in their mouths right so and to any of our young listeners like it's always good to have options if you rely on yourself you always have options if you always, rely on a man you don't always uh it, this continues so it seems like some of the most victimized groups are also the most silent ding 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 mm-hmm. asian women in the united states are less likely to report incidents of sexual and physical assault committed by intimate partners than other racial and ethnic groups short of 
alerting the authorities, though, they're also the least likely to disclose the incident even to family and friends. Yeah. But I would imagine a lot of that is shame. Guilt. Guilt. I think that the model minority myth is, again, sort of peeking its head here mm-hmm. where we are we tell Asian women, don't make waves. How dare you? How dare you? That's not Be okay. obedient. Be quiet. Mm-hmm. That's that's what a good girl does. That's what everybody likes. That's what society likes. That's what right. they want you to be. So go and fulfill that, and you'll be successful. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. No. <laughs> that's some of that good girl that good girl culture that is so pervasive in Asian culture. Yes, and I've experienced it. Can you talk a little bit about what that is? I because I've heard it and I think I know what it is, but it's just an assumption. I would assume it means that all Asian girls need to be quote good girls. Right. Um, good girls slash perfect. Mm. So good girls, you do the right thing, you say the right thing, you uh, you please everybody, mm-hmm. you on the outside, you you're you know, you accomplish many things, you're smart, you know how to clean the house and do the dishes, you're a really good daughter, you help the mom with whatever she needs, wow. you don't outshine the brother, uh, you don't you're there's not much of the daddy's little girl, I don't know, if mm-hmm. in, in Asian community. But the good girl is you get good grades. You don't make waves. When you're mad or you're sad, you don't express it. Uh, you just kind of let it, keep it bottled in. And you do all the things that you know are the right things to do. And you do them perfectly. And this this goes from, from childhood all the way up and through adulthood. Oh, correct? absolutely. It, mm-hmm. it goes all the way through college and through, you know, uh, it bleeds into relationships, I'm sure. But just not making waves, not really saying what, what what's on your mind. Mm-hmm. Um, always having to be perfect. And what, it, first of all, what is that, right? Well, right, no one exactly. even knows. Yeah. But I, I, I have this thing where I tell people, I'm, you know, I'm not a recovering, I'm not a recovering um, alcoholic, but I'm definitely a recovering <laughs> perfectionist. <laughs> and I will straight in my, I, I will tell people, I like, I'm, it. I'm I like a, it. I do it because I have these moments where if I don't do something perfect, mm-hmm. then I feel like shit. I can definitely relate to that. Yes. Um, but I also, I guess there's a part of me that's like, as a black woman, we're never, ever going to be viewed as perfect. Like right. the deck, the deck is just so stacked, stacked against us. And then I think you say something good about the model minority myth peeking through because society views us as perfect. Yeah. We're already supposed to be High that. achievers, very smart, uh, coming from two parent households, very strong morals. Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. And definitely. if we're not, then we're letting everybody down. Right. 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 And that's, that would, that's, that feels horrible. Yeah. And I guess that's something I never thought about. That sort of pressure of always having to be perfect. I know that as a woman, I feel that. But I think mm-hmm. as a woman of color, I've never once thought like, oh, I have to be perfect. Oh, my gosh. There's this pressure to do that because no matter what, we're always devalued. No mm-hmm. matter what, we're never going to be seen as quote unquote perfect right. or equal or or just as worthy as right unless we sort of carve that out for ourselves Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. uh but yeah but society doesn't really put that pressure on us yeah and i've i've felt that growing up very clearly Mm -hmm. uh i i have tendencies like you said you you understand what that's like too i have tendencies to want to be more of that Mm -hmm. that that's just something more natural in me to want to perfect something or to want to accomplish everything to its the best way possible but not not because of society now but because for myself yeah but 
yeah, that that whole thing, it's 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 a uh, it's an issue. <laughs> yeah. Oh, definitely. Uh, again, like the whole good good girl culture, I don't think is as pervasive in black culture. But the strong black woman trope is very pervasive. Mm. So maybe that's our, our Your version. version of it. Exactly. And then if you're not strong and black and what is that like how do you how does that if you were to i think analogy or well i don't think that black women necessarily get the we don't get the the um option of being of being the girl that's quote getting it together you know what i mean like we're not given that opportunity where we have to always present a strong face because if we don't we're not only talked about by members of our own community where it's like, mm, girl, look at her. She can't figure her shit out. She needs to get her life together. But we're also, we also endure that same sort of criticism from the white community. Oh, Which is okay. like, you know what I mean? And we just yeah. can't win. So I don't, even if we are, we feel like we as black women are falling apart on the inside. You have to present this. You still have to present which, strong on the outside. Which in, 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 in in what I was saying before, it's very similar where mm-hmm. it's still that I have to be that way because that's what everybody sees me as. Yeah. Even though I don't feel anything like that. Right. Nor do I want to. Right. But here we go. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. And sometimes I feel like as a black woman, if I'm, I'm nothing if I'm not strong. Like mm. society will not view me as valuable if I'm not a strong black woman. I see. I can't be a vulnerable wet blanket black woman that is not a trope that is afforded to us that is a trope that is only really afforded to white women black women are not given the safe space to heal and vent um the way that white women can we are not afforded it's society the way society has dictated that exactly like we're not afforded that i think when it comes to harvey weinstein and everyone that has come forward i think part of the reason you don't see a lot of women of color coming forward Assuming that he has uh, more more victims, yeah, that that are choosing not to. I think that black women, we already have the deck stacked against us in terms of the way that we're valued, the way that our looks are judged and valued, the way that um, we have to not only be strong in the household, but also strong in the boardroom, also strong in the bedroom. I just don't think that we get the opportunity to just like. Be the manic pixie dream girl to mm-hmm. just, you know, figure our shit out and, mm-hmm. and, and have a day by day sort of. And let people healing. see that. Yeah, yeah. Like we don't let people see that at all. We do our shit, our, our healing, our venting our whatever in public. And then we we seem to surface stronger and better for it. Not because we want to, but huh, because you have to, because yeah. you're a black woman. You're so strong. You'll bounce back. Exactly. No big deal. You know what I mean? I do. It's um, not okay. Yeah, and it can sound like empowering, like, oh, but we're saying that you're you're strong and that you're you're able to bounce back and you're so resilient, but that's not always as empowering right. as one might right. think. Right. Exactly. Especially um, if you're constantly expecting it. Yeah, exactly. Versus just letting me be. Totally. Uh, I would like to say that African-American women, both young and old, fare better when it comes to sexual violence in the United States. But unfortunately, I think that we fare just a little bit better, but not we're not <laughs> nowhere near. We're nowhere near better off uh, than Asian women. Um, sexual violence is definitely projected onto black girls at a higher rate than I would say most other ethnicities. 
Um, African-American women are 1.75 times more likely than white women to have experienced sexual abuse as a child. Mm. African-American women are more likely to report the occurrence of child sexual abuse during adolescence. And African-American women are more likely to report an increased incident of perpetrators living in the same household. So right there, I think there is that common, that common denominator, right? That our perpetrators can be. Uh, relatives just like it's the same way in an Asian community Mm -hmm. which I think also feeds the cycle of capitulation that I think does exist within both of our unique cultural communities Mm. where for you it's a shame don't bring shame to the family name but also a lot of internalized blame on the victim and I think in African American community there's the trope of you don't put a black man behind bars yeah you don't do that even if it means sacrificing your own protection, your own safety, you don't put a black man in jail. Mind. Because, hey, Jackie, you're strong. We're strong. We're, we're resilient. Right. You, we'll yeah, bounce back. You don't you don't need to put a black man in jail to, to feel better. It's such a sick cycle. It is. It's such a disgusting cycle. It is. And I think that the way that we stop this capitulation within our own. Let me let me speak for myself because I am not within the Asian community, so I can't speak for it, but I can speak for my own community. I think that to stop all of this sexual assault and sexual harassment against black girls, young and old, we have to stop the cycle of capitulation and the fear of putting black men in jail. If someone does something wrong and completely violating to you, you he should, should go no fear no in fear speaking up yes and 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 springing into action yes whether or not you're going to get the support of your community right. because as we said in the previous episode the african-american community does not rally behind black women the same way that it rallies behind black men mm. so we as black women have need to, to look at that and we have to to really support each other right. in this we cannot right. victim blame or yeah. victim shame right. when it's our own speaking up against something that happened to mm-hmm. us i completely agree i feel the same way about the asian community where in today's world i think it's getting better and better but i think that conversation it needs to become normalized where yeah. it's okay to talk about and it's something my mom spoke to me about rape when i was young i was only 10 i was really young and she told me exactly what it was oh. she told me to be careful and when i would sleep over at my friend's house she would mm-hmm. say watch out for the dad my mom was on top of it and i think if this can become a normalized conversation of like what do we eat for dinner today all right honey let's talk about this as a as a young girl especially in the asian community because it's already such a taboo topic yeah a taboo issue and then when it actually happens like you were saying before it becomes a taboo thing to even talk about yeah yeah a taboo thing to happen and then a taboo thing to think about that can only lead to disaster absolutely so it needs to be a conversation that is normal that's okay it's like talking about sex you know it's like let that be something that is spoken about because then if it does happen or and it's gonna happen even Mm -hmm. if it's just a slap on the ass somewhere or something small you know they they need to be educated and mothers have a long way to go in that uh, in that sense where they're doing it for their daughters in their daughter's sake or their son's sake and fathers need to you know and that whole traditional taboo thing needs to just go Mm -hmm. (laughs) it's not helping definitely i don't know if my mom ever spoke to me explicitly about sexual assault and rape when i was young my mom i think 
was more in the category of if you feel something weird or mm. wrong, like if something doesn't feel right, scream, kick, yes. run away, yeah. get yourself out of that situation. Which I think that advice, I think she meant Still it to was, apply to right. whatever uncomfortable situation as a woman I might be subject to. But mm-hmm. I definitely never got the sex talk. Mm. Oh, yeah. Not, I remember you telling me. It was not something. Maggie Webster was not about to have that conversation. <laughs> no, no, no. It was too uncomfortable for her. Um, which is fine. You know, parents yeah. are the best of the tools that, that are provided. Exactly. I came out quite fine. You sure did. I think it's also worth noting that you and I, me being a woman, a black woman, you being an Asian woman, we are only really talking about the statistics that exist within our communities. Right. We aren't even talking about Latino women or, who mm-hmm. face a lot of sexual assault at the hands of male relatives. But because I don't have those statistics and don't want to talk out of turn, I'm that's pretty much all I'll say, but I think it might be worth thinking of a future episode, maybe a little interview with someone that knows yeah, more on that topic. Absolutely. I'd love that. Bring yeah. a guest on or something. Yeah. Cause we're also not f- factoring in the LGBT community, nope. trans, gay, lesbians, none. What like, is it not- like to be a gay woman in oh black or a gay woman in Asian? Or if you're the more masculine, the more feminine, what does that all have to do with it? Or a trans woman or a trans woman. You know what I mean? I wonder when the, the going to the school. waters get muddy for some people. Right. Um, I think in order to stop this cycle of of sexual harassment and abuse, I know for me within the African-American community, I think part of it has to start with stop placing more value on black male masculinity and success, like overvaluing black male mm-hmm. success and not valuing the protection of black women uh, enough. I think that that has to stop. I, agree. I think that we have to stop speaking in hushed tones about uncomfortable situations like sexual abuse, like sexual misconduct, like rape uh, in, in a way that doesn't normalize it, like you said. Mm-hmm. But I think that we also have to stop looking the other way. Mm-hmm. You know, that creepy uncle that's always at Thanksgiving that you're like, oh, you know, that guy's weird. Oh, but he's just uncle such and such. And don't worry about him. He's harmless. That sort of conversation, that, those sort of statements, I think, have to stop because I think that that's how sexual assault Continues. persists. Yes. Yeah. For me, because because I've been exposed to and I've experienced and I've seen and I've watched and I've heard the whole, the way it is in the Asian community where it's just hush, hush, let's not talk about it. Yeah. And the way I've grown up with my mother is just to face everything. Okay. So two extremes, not two extremes, but... Face it, right? Face that creepy uncle. Address that creepy uncle. Mm-hmm. Talk about that fucking creepy uncle because if you don't talk about it, something's going to happen and then the people are really not going to talk about it. Right. And that's just going to continue, like you said, this perpetual cycle that is so dehumanizing and 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 just not not okay. Right. I think another thing that should happen is I think that we have to take the the racial lines out of sexual assault. Meaning Mm. I think that feminists, regardless of what color you are, I think that we have to start having intersectional conversations about how race and ethnicity plays a part in sexual harassment. We cannot allow sexual harassment and rape to just be something to, to, to be something that is only faced by white women when white women are 
are thrust into the spotlight and having to deal with it. Yes. I think that it takes enough consciousness on both sides for white women, kind of like what Jane Fonda did, where it's like, look, I get that these white women are coming forward because they have the resources, but we can't forget about our African-American, our Asian, and our Latino sisters. Mm -hmm. So I think in that regard, we as feminists, as women, if you are walking that feminist walk, you got to talk that feminist talk, and part of talking the feminist talk is putting an intersectional lens on feminism and really addressing the problems that other communities outside of your own are having. Yep. Very well said. Very <laughs> Just well on my, said. Saw my feminist soapbox. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, but honestly, I think that if we're not talking about issues then they're not, nothing changes if nothing changes. Exactly. Do you know what That's I mean? That's how I feel. I, I feel the same way. I, I, I think it's great that this sort of, box Pandora's box is open of of everything that's happening and it can only make for more conversation and more attention to this because Mm -hmm. it's important and realizing hey there are Asian and women and and black women who also go through this yeah just because they're not getting the attention Mm -hmm. doesn't mean that's something that can't be also have attention on yeah just imagine how many white women are getting a platform right now to talk about their issues of sexual assault if just 10 percent said hey look the sexual assault that i have faced is so small compared to the sexual assault that black and asian women face i mean that could really spring people into action and provide a, a platform to groups of women that maybe don't have a lot of representation i agree because resources and representation are expensive as we know yes they are and and i have i have a couple more statistics here uh, concerning asian americans or just asians in general and they are also mind blowing um 18.1 percent of 262 chinese men and women said they experienced minor physical violence by a spouse or intimate partner within their lifetime while eight percent said they experienced severe physical violence in their lifetime these two these three are pretty shocking yeah 61 percent 61 percent of 211 Japanese women experienced some physic- some some form of physical, emotional, or sexual partner violence. Koreans. This is Koreans. The, early, the first one was Japanese. I don't know if I had said that. Almost half of the respondents in a survey said that they knew of a Korean woman who experienced physical violence from a boyfriend or husband. 50% also said that they knew someone who suffered regular emotional abuse. Almost half. That's a lot. Vietnamese. It sounds like the Asian community has got to start galvanizing behind its own and really speaking out about what's going on. Yes. Because staying silent helps not, nothing. Right. Vietnamese, nearly half of participants in a survey reported intimate partner violence sometime in their lifetime. So, you know, Jack, it sort of seems like young Asian women, I would say, let me say young Asian men and women could really take the helms on this I one. agree millennials tweens I mean you guys could be the the, the generations that really spark a change within mm-hmm. your communities by speaking out yeah and saying that this is not going to be tolerated anymore I mean I think that's a, a wonderful maybe goal to start to move towards mm-hmm. I think you're absolutely right in that we are definitely more outspoken and ready to have our voices be heard. Mm-hmm. I still think underlying that there are still a lot of cultural beliefs that play a role into why we tolerate and uh, report mm-hmm. less. Yeah. Uh, but that's still something that I I know that 
that we can work towards yeah. within all of this that's happening nowadays. Mm-hmm. I think uh, I think for the black community, we have got to start placing just as much value on young black women as we do on young black men. Um, mm. For our community, sexual assault starts much younger. And I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that we we really raise up young black men because we young black boys because they will eventually become young black men and we think them to be pillars of our race. But I think that we have to start giving young black girls that same those same opportunities. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um, Whereas I don't necessarily hear people saying like, oh, young black women, they're going to change this world. They're the pillars of our community. I think that that needs to start to change and Mm -hmm. I think that we do need to start looking and valuing young black women differently Um, because if we don't value ourselves and put enough value on our space in society white America is not going to either yes Um, Tarana Burke who if that name sounds familiar she started the hashtag me too movement years and years and years ago Um, And she started as an initiative that supports young women surviving sexual assault. And she agrees that in the black community, the value of our women is at an all time low. And she says, quote, black people have to shift their way of thinking when it comes to black girls. We have to believe our young girls and recognize when they've been violated. Support them. Mm. I don't think there's a better way of saying it than mm-hmm. that we really do have to support them and we really do have to stop this this culture of uh protecting essentially the villains yeah and victim shaming and victim blaming because if you think about whoever the victim is right whether it's yourself whether it's your daughter your cousin your niece your friend if you think about what they're going through it just doesn't make sense yeah. to want to protect the other black guy Mm -hmm. or your father or your husband or your brother. Mm -hmm. And that is, is human behavior and, and, and human fears and everything there that's taking over control. But, but that's where it starts. It starts with you as a person. Yeah. And, and if we can slowly tackle, if you know that your daughter was raped by your husband, Mm -hmm. You leave, you get out of there, you you figure out a way, you make it happen. Yeah. I think also maybe getting a handle on fear is a good place to start on just an individual level. Note, yes. Um, my dad used to always tell me growing up, he used, to ask, he used to say, what is fear? And I would say, I don't know, it's when I'm afraid. And he would say, no, fear is false evidence appearing real. It is an acronym. So essentially in that that quote that loose definition of what fear is essentially it's 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 saying that whatever this thing is that's scaring us the all of the situations the what ifs the 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 how to's the what if this happens the could this happen the coulda woulda shoulda that all is really what ramps up fear and feeds the fear machine Mm -hmm. and if we can just get a handle on that and realize whatever we think the thing that's scaring us is probably not as scary as the thing itself. Yes. I think once we can get a handle on that and maybe work more from that place where, yeah, it's afraid, it's scary to come out and share your sexual abuse story. But if you know that you're not alone, you know what I mean? If you know that you're not alone, you're not the only woman dealing with this, you're not the only woman of color dealing with this. 
I think that that could start you on a, a path towards healing mm-hmm. and ultimately helping someone else mm-hmm. because you never know who you inspire when you share your own story. I agree. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. And I think in, in that regard, for those of us that don't maybe have the resources to project our story on a public level i mean in this day and age we've got twitter we've got instagram you don't need a major news outlet you just need an account on any one of these social platforms um i think that we would be in a much better spot so i think really getting a handle on fear and not working from a fearful place but maybe working from a is huge an educated place or even even just a a place of compassion and a place of loving empathy knowing that whoever the victim is in your house if it's you if it's someone dear to you Mm -hmm. just think about what they need yeah and be there for them in that way Mm -hmm. and and go from there yeah i agree i agree Alrighty. <sighs> okay, we've wrapped up this very, very depressing Deep, topic. But I hope dark. that we we've touched, we've informed. I hope that moving Inspired. forward, this this uh, current culture that we're in of sexual predators coming out and essentially this witch hunt that I feel like we're in right now. I hope that we are slowly coming out of it. I hope that men all around the world are now realizing that women are speaking out yeah. and maybe the the it's, things that used to scare us years ago, we now have found right. our sisterhoods yep. and are banning together. Yep. And that if they have any sort of inclination or desire to maybe act that way in work, home, any kind of environment that they think twice mm-hmm. before they decide to do it. Yeah. And just don't do it at all. I feel like that would be easier. Just you can be a creeper all. or you can be still and do nothing yeah just just don't do it at all because it'll backfire <laughs> someone's gonna get burned yeah true one way or the other that's all i'm gonna say Go, what goes around comes around be a creeper or be still that's my motto <laughs> <laughs> leaving, <laughs> leaving this podcast be a all creeper right. or be still <laughs> wise words from alana i guess uh <laughs> if you want to reach out to us feel free to hit us up and follow us on instagram at podcast at black and yellow podcast or on twitter at black and yellow pod we would love to hear your thoughts on this topic or any other previous topics that we've had also if you have ideas for future episodes that you would like for us to yeah to feature on this podcast send them our way we are listening thank you guys thanks guys we'll be with you next week next time